And he will never, ever, 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 ever forsake you. He is with you wherever you go. And so you may go through difficulty, you may go through triumphs, you may see victory, you may see defeat, but he's there all the time. You say, well, he's there, how could I suffer defeat? Well, the enemy's out there, and he will challenge you. But in every feeling of defeat, God is there to bring you up and to bring you out. Every time you stumble and fall down, he's there to pick you up so that you can accomplish the future that he has for you. So it's really a great day, a great time uh, that we live in. And so, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to 2022. I hope you are too. God has some uh, tremendous, tremendous things for us in that. Praise the Lord. And uh, before we get into the word, I just want to acknowledge um, uh, really a couple of special people that we have with us. And then there's some, maybe others that I don't know, but Danielle Dahl and her friend B are with us again. And uh, they're uh, serving in our military. Why don't you guys stand up? Any other active military that we have, would you please stand up? We want to acknowledge you. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're glad you're home again and made it home for Christmas. And they're about to be deployed. You're in February. He's in March. Do I have He's February. You're March. All right, so they're going to be deployed. So as you saw them, remember their faces. Pray for them and their families as they go out there, there to serve us and to uh, really serve our nation. And so uh, we're so proud of them and what they uh, do for us every single day when they go out to serve our nation. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, we've entitled this the last couple of weeks Simply Christmas. And uh, really, I guess that's overstated uh, when we talk about simply Christmas because, you know, when we look at it, it was a simple beginning, but the end was uh, incredibly large. And, you know, I remember coming up in, in, in Bible school, beginning, you know, in church, uh, you know, beginning in this church, people would always come along and say, uh, never despise the day of small beginnings. Never despise the day of small beginnings. And really, we have this huge picture of that because, you know, you could look at Jesus being born in the manger and say, wow, you know, we were expecting a king. We were expecting a, a, a palace. We were expecting the pomp and circumstance that comes from the announcement in the parade. But here it is. Here's a baby in a manger in a stable somewhere. What a small beginning. But never despise the day of small beginning because whatever God's doing that might look small right now, if God is doing it, he's looking to expand and create something that is amazing. And I believe that this year as we begin to look at what God is doing and what God wants to do in your life, I just want to break some things, maybe break some strongholds for all of us. But you know, the tendency as the world comes around is the news, you watch the news and the media, the things that are going on all around us, the, the idea, it may seem really big, but the idea is to get you to focus on you. What's going to happen to me? If all of this continues, if this doesn't go right, if that doesn't go right, what's going to happen to us? And all of a sudden we begin to look at me and mine and ours. And all of a sudden when we're looking at me, mine and ours... The fence around our life and our property, our possession becomes small. And I just want you to understand this. When it all becomes small, it's not that hard to fill up. And so often we're running around feeling incredibly busy, feeling incredibly overwhelmed, feeling all kinds of things. And really, it's because we've shrunk our sphere of influence, we've shrunk our vision, we've shrunk our understanding to me, mine, and ours. And just, you know, that's all important. But when it's just us, 
we begin to think smaller. And when you think smaller, you know, it doesn't take as much to fill up a four-ounce glass as it does a 32-ounce bottle. Why? Because a 32-ounce bottle has much more capacity. And I believe that if, as, as we enter into the new year, as we enter into our time of prayer and fasting, we begin to look at it. And really, prayer and fasting, if you want to fast for 21 days, uh, do whatever God's put on your heart. But we're not talking about just not eating for 21 days. We're talking about taking the next 21 days and setting a focus forward and putting first things first. That something that is encroached in that place that God should inhabit in your life, you become too busy to pray. You become too consumed with thoughts and ideas that you begin to say, I'm putting that aside. I'm, I'm putting, and I'm filling it up with something that is of God that becomes first place. Because when we begin to change our worldview, we begin to get outside of our own self a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, there's a bigger room. There's a bigger fence around our life, so to speak. And so there's a greater capacity for God to fill. And all of a sudden, when you begin to see more, you begin to see there's space to grow. There's space to fill. When it's all about you, all of a sudden, that space fills up. And we're so busy. And we're running around in this small place. You know, sometimes people buy a really big dog, and they put him in a dog run, and that dog runs a lot, barks a lot, but doesn't really go anywhere because he's in a small space. But you take him out on the farm, and you open the gate. <laughs> I was telling us a couple weeks ago, you know, the horses got out and ran. He said, let's live 22 like somebody left the gate open, Right? So even the horses, they'll run around the pasture with the gate in, and they may run around back and forth, but they don't cover much ground. But you open the, the, the gate, and they're filling up places. Why? Because the capacity, the space is greater. The whole vision changes. And when the vision changes and it's bigger, you're like, you know what? I can find time to do that because I can see there's still space out there for me to occupy, for me to walk in, for me to run in. For, for, there's people out there that I've yet, not yet reached, I've not yet really ministered to. I've not yet spoken to. There's people out there that God wants me to encounter, and so I find ways to make space and time. Why? Because God is increasing our capacity. And God's ever looking to increase our capacity, and we tend to say, God, just let's shrink it down so it's easier. But for some reason, it never seems to get easier. It seems to be more busy. Why? Because it's all filled up, and trying to stuff another thing in that small place is not as easy as opening it up. And putting another thing in a big place. So I'm just challenging us, all of us, myself included, to change our, as we pray, ask God to change our worldview. When we find our praying being a lot more about me and mine, to say, God, just help me. I don't want you to feel condemned. I don't want you to feel like, oh, geez, I have so much in my life I'm praying about. No, just even as you're praying about the things you know you need to pray about, say, God, just put something on my mind. There's people that I work with people in my family, people that surround me, that things are going wrong. There's, there's things in their life that are troubled. Bring them. They're, they're, they're sick. They're, they're, their family's in trouble. Just bring them to my thinking that I add them to my prayer list. And I begin to pray outside of me and mine. I begin to pray into other people's lives. And then you'll be amazing 
amazed to see how God begins to work with those prayers and work in their life and work to connect you with their lives. And why would he connect you with your li- their lives? Because there's something on the inside of you that is greater than you ever thought that could be there. And as you meditate on the things of God, the life of God, the power of God begins to work in your life. And it begins to guide your life. And your life is governed from a different source. Your life is no longer governed by the things that are going on around you and outside of you. Your life begins to be governed. My life begins to be governed by something that's going on on the inside of me. It's all of a sudden governed by something that's eternal, not something that's temporary. It's not governed and my mindset taken away and consumed by something that will pass away tomorrow, but it's consumed by something that will minister to something tomorrow and create an eternity for someone else. Come on, God did something at Christmas that expanded the world vision. For all of eternity, we're no longer living temporally, but in Jesus Christ, we live for eternity. And the moment time, this moment in time, which seems to be insignificant, the right decision makes a difference for all of eternity. Open your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 2. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Come on, some of you, as Pastor Tasha said, loved ones have gone. You've walked through the shadow of death just in the shadow of it. You walk in the shadow of death when you walk in the shadow of somebody passing away. The enemy tries to bring darkness and heaviness upon your life. But he says, listen, there's people that have been there. But light will shine. Come on, it may seem like dark days, but light will shine. There's people who are walking in darkness all around us in the world. They don't don't know about God. They haven't seen God. There's no hope of God. But it says, listen, if we'll do that, people who are walking in darkness will begin to walk in the light. Speaking of God, he says, you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. Come on. Come on. Man, we put on that oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Come on now, let's just, let's just look at the nation of God for a moment, not, not the nation uh, geographically that we live in, but he's talking about us, the people of God. We're a nation within a nation. We are the church within the nation, the United States of America at this point. And he says, listen, I'm going to do something in my nation, the people of God. I'm going to bring them out of darkness, out of the world. There's going to be a celebration. There's going to be a harvest, and there's going to be joy returned to the nation. It's time for us to see the joy and the rejoicing of God our Savior. Not get so caught up. It says, they rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. Come on, we expand our view and we begin to see people around us. And we begin to see and lift up our head and recognize the fields are white unto harvest. He said, there's a great joy in realizing that this year can be a year of harvest in our life. In every area, harvest for ourselves of things that God has promised. Harvest naturally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, things coming to fruition. But in all of that, there's people around you who don't know Jesus Christ, who you'll share out of the abundance of what's going on in you, and their life will be changed. They'll make Jesus the Lord of their life, and that is the harvest of the precious fruit of the earth. And there's nothing that will give you greater joy than a loved one you know, somebody that you work with, your least likely person, the person that irritates you to no end. 
that all of a sudden something happens and their heart is softened by God and they come to you and say, help me. Instead of looking at yourself, you're already ready because you've been looking out, you've been praying for them. You say, I will help you. The answer to your life is Jesus. And you pray a prayer and they ask Jesus into their heart to be Lord of their life and they open their eyes and you see right into their eyes, I have had a part in someone's eternal destiny. That you have had a part by the power of God in rescuing someone from the kingdom of darkness and bringing them into the kingdom of God's dear son. You were created for it. The devil says, no, you got too much busyness. But all of a sudden when that takes place, there's something that leaps on the inside of you just as it did in Elizabeth when Mary came into her presence and Jesus was there. John the Baptist leaped on the inside of her because salvation was in Mary. And even so, there's something that leaps on the inside of us when somebody receives Jesus into their own heart. Come on, there's joy in the harvest. Goes on to say, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandals from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood we will, be, uh, will be used for burning the fuel of fire because of this. He says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government or his power and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, for that time for, forward, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Listen, God said, I'm going to perform it. I'm going to make it happen. And we know, we look back, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And his name, his name, that name that is above every name, Jesus Jesus, all through it we see the announcement of the angels, the prophecies, all that. It just keeps coming back to his name. Why? Because his name, that name is going to rise above every name. That name is going to encompass everything that we have need of, everything that we'll ever want, everything we'll ever desire is being performed through him and by him and for him in every situation. That at his name, Jesus, every knee must bow. In heaven and in earth and below the earth. And every tongue confess that he's master of all things. Come on. He has a plan. So I love that. Jesus. They came and said his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Not God afar off somewhere, but God with us. You know, as Paul stood over on Mars Hill and he oversaw the Acropolis there in Athens, Greece, and he, he said, listen, I, I perceive you all are religious people. You've got an idol to every single God. And he said, when I was looking, I was, I was observing, and I recognized that you had a temple to the unknown God. But he might be unknown to you, but I know him. And as a matter of fact, it's in him that we live, and in him that we move, and in him that we have our very being. 
He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's not just God around us. He is God on the inside of us. And we live with him every single day. So we remember his name is Savior. His name is with us. He's in us. His name is wonderful. That word wonderful means extraordinary. It means that he is distinguished by extraordinary action. So how do we know him? Because he was distinguished by doing extraordinary, impossible things. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's our counselor. He's our consoler. That, that Hebrew word means one who devises things. And he devised a plan from the very beginning. And in devising that plan, he's our counselor. He's our guide. He's the one that leads and guides us by his spirit into the whole of the truth that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that your sin is forgiven, and the guilt and the condemnation of that is washed away. So there's a brand new life that emerges and a brand new focus of what life looks like. His name encompasses all that for us. He is the prince of our peace. The chastisement for us to have peace, the penalty for us to be united and have peace with God rested upon him. He is the almighty God. He is the expression and the overwhelming understanding of who God is and how much God loves us. He sent Jesus. Jesus was the very express image of the Father, and he is God, and he always will be God. He is the almighty God. And of his kingdom and his power and his government, there will be no end to the power and the peace that he brings. So I just want to bring to us just a little bit of encouragement as we celebrate Christmas and we move into the new year to understand this, that when it talks about the increase of his government or the increase of his power or the increase of his influence, there will be no end. And the power of that will rest upon his shoulders. He is the head. We are his body. Then in moving forward and understanding the call that is upon us, the church, universally us together as New Creation Church, there's a call upon us, and that is to carry the power and the presence of God and to govern our life, our family, and begin to grab from the inside out and the power that he gives us an area of our life and begin to live in it and occupy it rather than let it occupy us. To understand that he has empowered us and he has anointed us for specific tasks in certain areas in different places. He's gifted you. He's given you understanding about certain areas and he's placed you there because there's people there. When you go to work, there's people there. When you go into your neighborhood, there's people there. When you come to church, there's people there. I know some of you are like, yeah, I, I was hoping you would address that today because I'm not that keen about people. But it's all about people. And we can look to world governments to solve our problem, but really he said, listen, there's a government of the kingdom of heaven. There's a rule of Jesus Christ that is to rule in our hearts. And from ruling in our hearts, it rules through our lives how we conduct ourselves, and then through that, how we minister to others, that there is power that comes from above. To be able to live in this world, even when there may be trouble and darkness all around us, and live with power from his kingdom. Because this is once he came, it'll never end. It will never end. 
And so really, in order to do this and live in this, this place of power, we have to begin to put first things first. Open up your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Speaking of Jesus here, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. That word preeminence means first place. That in all things, as we begin to look into 2022, and there's been things that consume our life, there's been things, uh, idea, ideology, there's been news, there's been uh, difficulties, there's been things that have come in to consume our life. And always, there will always be things that are vying for first place in our lives. There's always going to be something, whether finances, whether family, whether marriage, whether, uh, you know, who moved in next door and is, is getting on your property line, something to vie for first place in your life. Sometimes small, sometimes big. But the whole goal of the enemy is to create something that takes first place. And he said, listen, all these things that are going on, I'm going to try to simplify this, not get too doctrinally uh, heavy with you. But it just says, all these things go on, and God isn't caught by surprise. Everything is, that is created, he's watching over it. He's not making everything happen. There's an enemy. But he's not like, wow, your neighbor went over your property line. Wow, your horses got out and ran to the other side of the pasture. Wow, the economy is changing. God's not up there saying, oh, myself, I never thought about this. <laughs> no, he said, I've seen the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning, and I've already told you there's, there's going to be times that will come into life that will be hard to bear. But I have ordained and called a people, and you get to be it. I get to be it in this generation. We get to be it. He said, I've called a people in generation in times of trouble that I have equipped with power to live in the midst of that trouble and overcome and make a difference through faith in me. And we get to live that in this generation. Though everything's going on around us and it seems like turmoil, there's peace within. There's power within if we'll give it that attention, if we'll give him first place. When we say, why is this happening? If we'd actually stop to listen to what he says. See, we move so quickly in our thinking. I loved what they, they said in that announcement, you know, uh, the small group that we're having, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it just right off the top of my head because I have more thoughts going than I can even speak right now. Um, but, uh, the, the, we're, you know, she's going to just, uh, Valentina is going to try to slow it down for us. Creative study of God's word. Slow it down for us. So she's going to have one a month for five months. So you can meditate on it for the month and slow things down. 
Why? Because we get to thinking so fast. Something happens and we're like, God, why is this happening? And we move on to, man, this is terrible. What's happening? And we start looking at it and we never stop when we ask God, why is this happening? To listen to what he says about why it's happening. If we'd actually look and say, why is this happening? And then stop for a minute and put him first place. Not that, your first place. Your first place, I'm waiting to hear what you have to say about why this is happening. And sometimes he'll tell you, don't worry about it. I've got something different for you. Well, no, I want to worry about it. No, he's first place, not your worry. I remember one time I, I just wanted to know emphatically why I got laid off from ministry, emphatically. God, did you not call me? Did I miss it? I'm hammering. He said, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This is my, my future, my hope. You know, sometimes we don't realize, we, we say God's big in God's first place, but we get into a problem. We think he doesn't know. I'm like, don't you know this? I mean, this is decision time for me, God. Either I'm going to be a, a carpenter or a minister, and I'm about ready to go be a carpenter, not a minister. So you need to answer me. He said, I'm, yeah, don't worry about it. Just know that I love you, and when you're weak, I'm strong. So I kept pressing him, so we went to a men's, men's deal, and we're praying, and somebody says, I have a word for you. I wasn't Pastor Mark at the time. He said, I have a word for you. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, you know, at first I'm thinking, okay, God's going to uh, tell me now what, why. He says, God just wants you to not worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't because worry was taking first place over something I couldn't change. But focusing on God, he still had a path for my life that I was supposed to stick to. So he said, if we get to the point and we understand, not burdensome, we're not talking about this heavy load, but that we as the body of Christ, the power of his kingdom rests upon his shoulders. He is the head, we are the body. The power of God rests upon us. But in order to walk in that power and walk in that presence and walk in the, the wisdom and the knowledge of that, we have to give him first place. We have to give him preeminence. So Matthew chapter 6, it says, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. In other words, he says, all these things that always endeavor to take first place in your life, all the worries, all the struggles, all the finance, all the children, all the things that try to first place, he says, slow it down and seek first what? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is where the king has dominion. In other words, seek first the place where Christ is always having dominion in your heart. When you first and foremost say he lives in me and he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords and he's never left me and he's never forsaken me, he has an answer. He has an answer. And he says, well, how do I, how do I tap into this dominion, this power? Through his righteousness. Seek first where Christ has dominion and then realize that he died for your sin so that you could be made righteous. So now because I'm right with God, I'm a son of God. The dominion of the kingdom belongs to me. And when the kingdom of darkness tries to encroach upon my property, I'm going to be a lot more worried about the devil coming on to, and trespassing on my land than my natural neighbor. If we take as much time to drive the devil out of our house, drive the devil out of our, 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 off our property as our neighbor, as our wife, as our kids, we would be successful. But he distracts us and he makes us think it's our neighbor, it's our wife, it's our, our kids, it's our job, it's our boss, it's our government. 
stop and say, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So I'm not giving you place in this space. This space belongs to God. First and foremost, my relationship with God and the dominion that comes out of that is first and foremost. Come on, let's just set ourselves. No matter what's happened, as Alan said, the shame of the past, whatever happened last year, good, bad, or indifferent, we say, praise the Lord if it's good. If it was bad, praise the Lord. He's got a better future. And this year in 2022, as I enter into my 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm going to give you preeminence. I'm going to give you first place. And in that place where I begin to understand and dive deeper into that relationship, I'm going to find power for every situation. I'm going to find the kingdom of God coming to rule right here in my life and on earth as it is in heaven. Praise the Lord. Are you all with me? So we set our mind on that. Colossians chapter 3 says, if you've then been raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. What's he saying? Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, that place of supreme authority, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Where's your mind set? Is your mind set on him, or is your mind set on trouble or destruction or what, what's going on in the news? We set our mind. We get to do that. How are we going to do that? How are we going to get ourselves in that place? Four things. I have to get to that. They always tell me, I preach all this time, I get to the important things at the end. Sorry. All right, first of all, just to understand this, every great move of God starts with a spirit of repentance. You can look at it in the Bible. I believe as we enter in, this is a great time to look and say, God, I'm ready to take anything that I've got off course and repent. We don't hear about that much in these days, but it's a true, it's a foundational truth. It's a foundational doctrine of God's word. If you don't know Jesus Christ, today is the greatest day to say, I repent of my sin that came through Adam, and I turn from my sin to Jesus, and I receive salvation. So I did that a long time ago. I don't have to do that again. Listen, as we walk through our life, we begin to look and say, I'm going my own way, not God's way. I'm saved but I'm going my own way. I'm making my own decisions. We realize that's not the way to go. And so we have to stop and say, God, you know, for five years, I've been doing my own thing. For five years, I've thought being offended with this person was just fine. For, for four or five years, I've I thought it was all right to, to, to cheat my boss a little bit on my hours. I'm a Christian, but I, I think it's all right to talk down to my wife. But as I begin to pray and look at 2022, I realize that's not your way. So I've made a determination, not a New Year's resolution, but a determination to stop going that direction and turn to forgiveness, to being honest about the hours of my day, to praying, speaking good, over my wife, my husband, my family, 
See, that's repentance. And sometimes we just think, well, I'm forgiven. Oh, I'm sorry, you yelled at Forgive me. But there's, we stay on course. Repentance is changing course. And before every great move of God, there's a call to the people of God to repent. It's been unconscious, but you've gone different directions. Now it's time to repent and turn to God and turn to God's word. And when we do, God steps right in the middle of it. And he said, I'll heal your whole land if I can get my people to quit going the way of the world and go the way of the kingdom of God. So if we start this time of prayer and fasting, it's not that laborsome. It's not beating you down. Repentance isn't necessarily you got to get sackcloth and ashes out. It's an acknowledgement. I've been going a direction that is my own way and not yours. And I make a determination for 2022 to stop going that direction and go your direction. So if we start that way, man, the future starts to look different. Because I'm going with God. I'm walking with God. I'm not just making Jesus the Lord of my life or my Savior. Now I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm following him so close that I become a student of his ways and his actions. In 2022, if we become followers of Jesus, disciples, those who are students of his ways and his actions, man, heaven opens up. Talk about expanded capacity and world vision. The next thing, as we enter in, we're talking about this prayer prayer. It's that place of prayer where Paul began to pray, you know, fill us with the knowledge of your will, with wisdom and spiritual understanding. Open up the eyes of my heart that I might see the hope of my calling. There's a place of prayer to begin to really understand this is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what the will of God looks like for my life and for my family and for others around me. So once we repent and say, I'm not going my way, but we go, what way will I go? If I don't go my way, we begin to pray. And pray concerning God's will for my life. As we begin to see God's will, pictures open up. True vision opens up. Because true vision for our life, for your business, for your family, for whatever, must come from the word of God. Proverbs said, without vision, people perish. But really it says, without a prophetic word from God, people wander aimlessly. Or without a word from the Lord, people cast off restraint. And we are the people of God. We shouldn't be wandering aimlessly. We shouldn't be living without restraint. And so as we study the word of God and as we pray, vision comes and we see the extraordinary things that God has for us to live in in 2022. But we can't live in it wandering everywhere. We focus our attention on that which he's called us to. That's what he's spoken to us about. That which Jesus was born and lived and died for us to enter into. To be the best husband, the best wife, the best employee, the best employer, the most influential with good things in the kingdom of God that we could possibly be, and it can't even be, it's beyond us because it's by the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. So as we change our direction towards him, we pray. Third thing, just Pastor Tasha mentioned this, we give ourselves. Commit to give yourselves to prayer or to, to the word and to devotion. Set a devotional time, five minutes. Put something in your car if you're driving. Just start somewhere and say, I'm committed to God's word and a devotion with him. A time of looking at that word and meditating on that word day and night. In James, the first chapter, it tells us this. It says, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. 
The last two years, there's been so much that has come down to create an emotional outlet to us, a soulish outlet, a fear that's come, a fear of what's going to happen. We begin to lash out at one another. We begin to lash out at different people. He said, listen, the, the, the words of the world create emotional and soulish distress. But he said, if you'll take time in my word, it'll save you from that emotional and soulish distress. And it'll begin to feed your spirit so your spirit man can take ascendancy and the reason and the wisdom and the understanding of God can take preeminence over the emotional reaction. And then your emotions will respond to the word and obedience of the word of God and the joy and the peace and the sorrow that comes from it. When you see people in situations, there's still sorrow, but it's godly sorrow. That we get into a place where our soul begins to follow the action of our spirit because our spirit man's being fed by the word of God and not just reading so quickly and saying, I got that done, but taking a time of devotion, saying, what does that mean to me? How does that reflect in my day-to-day life? So it might not be, how much can I get read, but what verse am I going to take and say, God, help me apply it to my life today? And lastly, moving into 2022, because of his kingdom and of his power, there should be no end. That we begin to look outside of ourselves and see others. I just encourage you, and we're going to go into this a little bit as we move into the new year. But look around you and find Three people in your sphere of influence that don't know Jesus. Maybe they're sick. Maybe there's something going on in their life. And begin to add them to your prayer list. Just begin to pray for them. Within three people, I'm just just spitballing here. Within three people, over 12 months, I would think that we could pray and minister to at least one person to see their life totally change and transform. Hopefully three, four, five. But if every single person won one person to Jesus, the kingdom of God just from this church would double. Exponentially, if you thought around the world, the number of people who don't know Jesus and the billions of people, it would only take a couple of years if just every Christian reached one person. We think it's insurmountable. We think, man, I need masses to to minister to. There's people right there. Well, I, 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 I need to go somewhere into the mission field. Your mission field, my mission field is where we go every single day. We begin to look up. Jesus said, look up. Fields are wide under the harvest. We're looking at specifics. He said, look up, expand, and all of a sudden you'll start to see people that need Jesus. And you're the one carrying what they need. And you're carrying the power to deliver, to heal, to bring the gospel. You're carrying that because the power of God and the power of his kingdom rests upon his shoulders, his body. And when we pray... Your kingdom come. Your will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying, God, give me a part because I'm your body. And the the, the kingdom comes through me. The dominion of Christ is in me and comes through me to make a change in my environment, in my workplace, wherever I live. Am I just talking to the wall? It's bouncing back. Come on. 2022 can be extraordinary. It can be extraordinary. Because unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The power, the dominion, the kingdom of God rests upon his shoulders. 
His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of our Peace. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. I'm getting ready to close. Y'all are getting antsy. Verse 19 is, speaking of the power of God, it says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, his miraculous mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. It says, not only is there miracle-working power for you in Christ Jesus, but there's authoritative power to rule and govern your life, your family's life, and the situations that come into your life. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, that's us, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything. Come on, we are the fullness of him, and he desires to fill everything everything with himself through the life that we pour out through us in our sphere of influence. Begin to think about and lift up and get a greater view of the people around you and how you can minister to them. It's going to come out. If you're an employer, it may come out. The people that you have influence in your business. If you're an employee, the people that you work with. If you're in leadership in, in, in positions in government, man, that takes a big span. Say, so, well, yeah, I can see that for people. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, huge influence of change for the kingdom of God. If you're a school teacher, wherever you are, God has a sphere of influence for you. And he desires for people that are in darkness to walk out of darkness. Those who've walked through the shadow of death to see the light through the power of God that's working through his body. Amen? Why don't you stand up? I want to read from Psalm 65 in closing. We've been reading this just to look at the new year, verse 11 through 13. Speaking of God, it says, You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths, somebody say your paths, your paths drip with abundance. Not my path, his paths drip with abundance. When I walk in his paths, they're dripping with abundance, and his goodness is upon 2022. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. The little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks, increase of flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain, harvest, harvest and increase. And they shout for joy and they all sing. Hallelujah. As we celebrate Jesus coming. We want to see what he did for us. And it opens up a brand new year and a brand new focus as we see influence for us. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd move on every heart and every life as we move into this year. If we've been going our own way, we've been missing you in an area, minister to our heart, that we might repent, we might change, and come unto you and walk the way that you would have us to walk. Strengthen us and anoint each and every one in this place with your power, with your anointing, not just to minister to this person or that person, but anoint us to live life. Living over the strategies of the enemy with the power that only you give and the understanding that we receive from you. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. 
that you have a future and a hope, a desired outcome for each and every person here. You see the beginning from the end, and you want to walk in the midst of their life. You want to walk with them. God, put in our hearts that we truly want to be disciples, not just converts, but those who are students of you, and we follow your life and your action. And in that, we begin to make disciples. Right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just want to, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you say, you know what? Today, I need to, this is the day, the end of this year, 2021, I need to make a change in my life. And I realize now it's making Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. He said, if you'd make him the Lord of your life, old things would pass away and behold, everything would become new. He'd forgive you. He'd wash the guilt and the shame of the mistakes and the sin away. Whatever the past, is, as Alan read that scripture, the shame, shame will be put away. It brings a brand new future of life with him. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you say, this morning is my morning. I want to do that. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Anybody at all to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? See that hand right there. Anyone else want to join this one and make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching online, you say, today is my day. We want to pray with you and this gentleman here in our, our midst. So let's all pray with them together. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning and I'm ready to lay down my way of doing things. I repent of my sin. Jesus, I believe that you came to the earth. You died for my sin. God raised you from the dead so that I could be forgiven and made righteous. So this morning, I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Take preeminence. Take first place in my heart and in my life. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you're online with us and you prayed that prayer for the first time, go onto our website, push the button, share your story, and uh, we'd love to know that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Send you a gift uh, that will help you just know how to start taking steps that direction. If you prayed that prayer in here, we'll have altar workers up here. Come up, tell them you prayed that prayer. I want to give you a gift and uh, help you along your way. Amen. Merry Christmas. Hope that inspired you to move forward uh, into 2022. Let's say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall.